0: Awesome. Welcome back, guys, to another spirituality episode. Today, actually, it's going to be focused around myself and Mike. Um, I was wanting to do a very focused episode on our curious natures with each other and how we came to meet. So, when Mike and I had first met, we actually um, had a reading session together. You guys did a couple reading. How was that for you guys?
1: <laughs> yes. Hi, everyone. Mike here. Um, and that was incredible. It was kind of cool how you, I don't know, like you were pretty much like, you know, like some of the stuff was right on par with our character. A little bit of stuff was a little out there, like Kylie still questioning because you told her she should work closely with kids. That's never really been something she thought about but it was like a combination of stuff that you're you always kind of know like when you hear something and I'm sure it's similar to everyone when you go somewhere for the first time and you're like okay I saw those things coming a few of them but then some were like whoa and I thought it was especially interesting that you had basically pegged me for I don't know, someone who is a lot more talkative because I was in there like I don't wanna talk too much. I'm normally very talkative, but I was like, I kinda wanna just sit here because I don't wanna I don't wanna keep talking and give you too much and that's what you know. but yeah, so it was pretty astonishing. Very curious about how it works, but at the same time like it kind of just makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really liked that um, when you guys came in, uh, we, basically what came up in the reading was talking about your exploration of your um, nature, like your conversation skills, and um, like I had a feeling you'd be really good at podcasting, and then I come to find out that you actually worked um, on your journalist degree, right? Yes. Can you yes. tell me a little bit about what that i They're I'm-
1: not... So basically, I just went to school Bloomsburg uh, University, Pennsylvania, like normal journalism degree. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of journalism is interviewing and a lot of podcasts are interviews. And I don't know, I never really, I guess I never really had like a big desire to be a, a newspaper journalist or a magazine editor. I just knew I was pretty good at communicating. Mm -hmm. And I was interested in the truth and I was good at writing. So that all kind of comes together to the journalism degree, but yeah, it was really useful kind of the stuff they taught us about kind of guiding an interview, getting the sort of answers you're looking for Mm -hmm. as best as you can, obviously, because some people are a little more difficult, like between me and you today, we'll probably have a nice, pleasant interview getting answers from each other but sometimes it's harder to steer a conversation and then a lot of it we learn that you learn or at least when i was in school i'm sure it's different now because this is 2012 i'm talking i began so social media was out but it wasn't the storm it is now Mm -hmm. so we were dipping our feet in the teacher would be like yeah and you could use twitter this thing but it wasn't like it is now So we still had to learn our legal basis. What can you say? What can't you say? When are you protected by you know freedom of speech? And when are you not? And yeah. But you didn't learn any, you can't really learn how to be better at talking or you know, writing. That's you can practice it, but there's no uh there's no like teaching, like, oh, this is what you there's no class you take, and then you come out immediately having been a better writer just from something you learned you have to be able to apply it in practice I guess you could say the same about everything but it's like a natural ability it seems like to me
0: I think it's really good because like even when you were like talking or like when you're in discussion or especially in the last podcast, if you guys were tuning into the previous podcast, we were talking with an actor and the way that you carry your conversation is very much um, like you were saying, like there's certain cues that you look for or um, there's a way to guide the conversation. And I really admired that about you. So I thought with our conversation, I kind of wanted to dig more into your personal psyche about like your interests, especially with you, seemed like you related to somebody who wasn't quite spiritual, but you also relate to myself, which is very spiritual. So I'm curious, where did that spirituality show up for you? Like, what to you was the kind of key thing that came into, oh, I'm actually interested in this type of topic?
1: Uh, So for me, like, it, I've always been pretty, it starts with when i'm when i was younger it starts with uh, i'd say sci-fi even even cartoons on a very like subtle level i didn't put together but i was always into science fiction cartoons and just uh what's the word like extraordinary superpowers and i was like this probably doesn't seem that unrealistic but i never put it together i was just like oh whatever and then fast forward that's my childhood and. You know, until I'm, like, 23, I was just a normal, I guess, not really team-oriented because I stopped playing sports, but I played sports growing up mm-hmm. until I was about 15. And then I wasn't interested in really anything health-wise, just kind of went to college, was hanging out with my friends. We were drinking. That seemed like what life was going to be, you know, just, like, go to work Monday through Friday or class, get drunk Friday, Saturday. Hmm. This is your life. Fill in the blanks from until now until the day you die. Mm-hmm. And then I started getting really kind of like this, this doesn't seem right. There has to be more than just a, a nine to five, more than just going into the office, getting the job, and coming home getting drunk. Mm-hmm. There must. And then when I I had an opportunity, my friend invited me to go to Thailand with him. And when I was there, I saw, like I said in the past podcast, if you listen, I saw a very happy people that are supposed to be very poor. And what I had learned my whole life being from New Jersey, growing up 30 minutes from Manhattan was money is happiness. And everybody says, (laughs) yeah. And, you know, everybody says like money isn't the key to happiness, but secretly, not so secretly, they might say that occasionally, but everything we learn is based around, if you want to be happy, you need to be successful. You need to get the job, get the money, get the house, This blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. and then I kind of went to I was in Asia I saw Thailand Vietnam Cambodia and I saw not everybody is happy of course but I saw many happy people many more it seemed than like I see around me Mm -hmm. but just seeing any number of people being happy and I know they don't have the most money compared to where I'm from and then I thought wow maybe this whole idea of You know, money brings you happiness is truly wrong, even though everyone says it and claims like people, everyone will tell you, yeah, money doesn't bring you happiness, but they don't believe what they're saying. Like Mm -hmm. they say it because they want to believe it, but you could kind of sense that you're just saying the words, you don't actually believe it. I realized and then and over the last few years, I've been realizing the more and more I study this stuff, the spirituality being this stuff. That mm-hmm. it really does, money really doesn't bring happiness. Just happiness brings happiness. The idea that you want to be happy, that's what can make you happy. And it's easier said than done. But that's uh, yeah. So that's where I got here from. From my life of just uh, not really a skeptic, because I was always open to it. But just being, I guess, in Asia blew the doors open. And you know, you see all the temples. So there's that big Buddhist aspect and that's what i got into buddhism and everything and then yeah i i don't know where we started with this
0: well um the other (laughs) part that i was curious about too was you had mentioned something um two things actually that i'd love to hear your thoughts on but um you just mentioned your curious curious nature with buddhism so for that um did you apply that religion to some of the teachings for your spirituality or do you just have a, a specific focus in buddhism that you were interested in
1: um yeah like so it all kind of came from yoga everything that i've like studied well while i when i started doing i guess it comes when i was 25 i was Came back from Thailand and I just kind of had this moment where I was like, I guess I was under the impression that I was unhappy because of the world and the United States and my college degree and I have to get a job. But leaving Thailand, I was in Asia. I was like, oh, I'm just unhappy because I'm unhappy. So let's figure out how to be happy. And that starts with my friend had suggested rock climbing. So I started rock climbing and that led to me doing yoga And this led to me just studying more into health stuff Mm -hmm. and from studying health and all the different, because when you start studying diet and health stuff, you, if you've ever studied it, you'll, you'll quickly find out, or you remember that it's, it's almost politicized at this point. It's extremely difficult to find any valuable information on like a healthy diet. It's it, to me, it's pretty similar to looking up some, spiritual stuff you're like is this healthy or is it not can i you know so there's no real concrete information so i just had trial and error Mm -hmm. and i started getting into i don't know i started listening to all these different videos and podcasts of people getting into health and that somehow led me into uh, joe rogan podcast which got me into an author about all these ancient religions graham hancock and how they all connect Mm -hmm. and that got me studying all the ancient religions and then at the whole time I'm still practicing yoga rock climbing and then once I got I was kind of making my way through the ancient religions and all their similarities through these books and then through self-practice and I studied like the Tao Te Ching and the art of war studied a little bit of Confucius and then when I got to Hinduism and through the Ramayana the Mahabharata that's like you know the The yogi stuff. That's where the yogic stuff really came in. Mm -hmm. But that, and as that worked, that kind of led into Buddhism, which is kind of how it happened uh, in the religion itself. I think Hinduism kind of evolved, if you will, into Buddhism. Mm -hmm. And then Buddhism explodes into a bunch of different sects. But now I've been, I won't say I'm like a full practicing Buddhist, because there's Mm -hmm. still some stuff I just don't know, but I try to live my life that more that way, and it's similar. There's a lot of religions that are can be similar to Buddhism. I was even just reading The Four Agreements, and I guess that's Toltec, but it's, it's very similar to Buddhism.
0: Actually, that's amazing that you brought that up too, because the four agreements are a huge, uh, like reason behind why I also got into my next level for my practice as a spiritual teacher. I was very interested in the world religions. Um, I remember in high school, I actually had a teacher who I enjoyed a lot. I think he was, uh, O'Reilly or yeah, professor O'Reilly. And he was talking to us about, um, Dr. O'Reilly, that was his name. He was telling us about the comparisons between the different religions, and especially in Buddhism, where practicing mindfulness and um, the presence of now versus any other time frame. And when you read the four agreements, it talks about that uh, process of forgiving the self, not taking things personally. And I think that that's a big uh, connection between a lot of the religions is if you are someone who's a teacher or a healer, the practice is that you're looking at the awareness within yourself, not necessarily the awareness of everything else going on around you in that moment. Um, And then whereas in some other cultures, like in Egyptian cultures, Um, In ancient times, they would talk about the presence of the afterlife being more important than the life that you live here. So everything that you did here was an accumulation of where you would go in the next lifetime, which is very fascinating to think about because I'm like, how would they know that like right now that they're living this life? And then the next time they're like, oh yeah, let's put money on our faces. We're going to go into the next life and be even better. I'm like, how would you, what about now? So I like, right. I like the now a little bit more.
1: Well, that's kind of where Buddhism like kind of resonates with me a little more is it, because what you just say, it's like the, the, the religion for, for the one who's a little less faithful. Like I have faith, but I'm not, not as much as someone who maybe is going to be like, you know, I'm going to be totally unhappy for this whole life just for bliss in the afterlife. I'm not going to put a. A name to that but some religions have this mentality of give it up, sacrifice this whole moment for the future and it's like well at least with buddhism you know one i don't realistically see a downside no you're not gonna you're, are you gonna go to hell for being a buddhist maybe you are don't quote me on that but it doesn't seem like there's anything that a buddhist would do that's a, if you're it's like a bad thing or a sin in any other religion besides maybe a lack of belief mm-hmm. but practically it seems like you're getting the best of both worlds because you can enjoy yourself now and you're still not being an ass to other people Mm -hmm. so that's why i like it because what's if it if it does and there are like scientific studies that show the benefits of meditation which is what buddhism mainly preaches is just meditate basically the buddha even said i don't know about the afterlife i don't know all i know is if you want your life to get better now do this Mm -hmm. so it's kind of takes out the Mystique, or the mysteriousness. And yeah, that's, it's, you put it pretty perfectly. Like it's, it's the now versus the future. I'm sure there's some about the past that I'm not, can't think of right now, but it seems like the best moment to live in is right now. It's the only time we can really appreciate. And it's also reading the four agreements, it's got me thinking another, uh, another big influence on me for my, spiritual journey, a huge one was actually Joe Dispenza, who is mm-hmm. more of a modern approach to meditation. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, you know, he's healing people. People are going to his retreats and having spontaneous permission. And there's a lot of data, a lot of people saying that it's worked for them. Sure. If you go in there, a total skeptic, maybe your results will be different, but I met someone in my yoga teacher training and she I was one of the people she went in there with an issue. And after the first, she was a little skeptical after the first day, I think she realized she'd never need to take her medicine again. And she's been eight years clear at least. Wow. So I was it looking... works and it's go on.
0: Oh, you could go ahead. The work, it works. And what else?
1: Oh, I was just saying it, it doesn't. And that's why I like uh, another reason I like Buddhism or even the Sikhs feel this way too. And one of their cornerstones is it doesn't really matter what you call it, call God, call cosmic energy. It's all the same energy. It's all the same thing. And when you meditate, when you pray, it's kind of coming back to yourself. It's letting yourself heal or letting yourself do whatever your body needs. Your body needs time to not be fighting against itself. When we're thinking all the time about the future and the past, we're fighting against ourselves. So whether you... Whether it's God, yourself, the universe, energy, just, just chilling the fuck out is good. You know, every once in a <laughs> while, whatever, whatever you got to do to get there.
0: <laughs> I think also what's important, I wanted to read what the three universal truths are for Buddhism. It says um, everything in life is impermanent and always changing because nothing is permanent. A life based on possessing things or persons doesn't make you happy. And there is no eternal, unchanging soul and self. is just a collection of changing characteristics or attributes. So I thought it was interesting because I saw this documentation of um, somebody who stated that they were discussing the government back in the 60s were actually talking to an extraterrestrial being that um, stated to be in the future, like, I think it's like, I don't know, like two twenty. 2080 or or like 2180 or something crazy in the future and the alien or the being said that you know what planet do you reside on and the the being said i reside on earth in the future i this is my home planet and the uh, government the um people who were interrogating it asked well how can you be um on this planet are there not humans are there not people that look like us And the being said that um, we had done nuclear war or whatnot, that we had actually gone ahead and caused a nuclear war. And that the the teachings they had asked were, is there a God or an afterlife, right? Because I don't know why the government decided that that's an important question, but that's their question. And the alien says that, um, or I guess the being in the future that is an earth being that isn't quite human says that... um, There's, there's no such thing as energy as we think it is. And in the Buddhist teaching, it sounds exactly like what that being said, it says, there is no eternal unchanging soul and self is just a collection of changing characteristics or attributes. That's what the being had said as well, which I think is very fascinating. So when I'm thinking about um, my energy, like I do spiritual teachings, I do healings, I can see things, I feel ghosts, I can feel energy and like see people's auras, right? I've never concluded if there's something like, like what the Christians talk about as this heaven or hell um, experience. And I myself have actually had some passing experiences. I've nearly died uh, twice that I can remember. The third time I think was more like maybe it was a dream, but the two times for sure, I remember very clearly when I was about eight years old, I was in Hawaii And I had drowned in the ocean. And my dad had actually scooped me up out of the ocean. And he had pushed on my chest to get the water out. I don't remember any of it. I just remember throwing up water. And when before I actually had thrown up the water, I remember seeing something, like it was some kind of energy. It was like, kind of like how there's like the Aurora Borealis colors, like it was like light. It was like this, this unexplainable coloration of light energy. And I remember hearing voices, like they weren't recognizable. I couldn't put pin a gender on them. I couldn't say I understood anything about it. I just remembered the voices, right? So I feel like spirituality is a very complex subject because our brains can only comprehend um, certain degrees of things that are going on around us at any time. Like I can look at you and we could be talking from miles away on a computer and be able to hear each other and talk, but it doesn't It doesn't quite feel like we're the same, but we are because we're discussing and we're having a moment together. But I could close the computer right now and then where would you be? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And that's like, that's kind of the technology that we're stuck with right now is this. We can't truly be next to each other. But even to expand what you're talking about with spirituality and the lights and stuff, the technology we have on a regular basis, this is more scientific than spiritual but i kind of i'm in both camps a little bit just we know scientifically speaking that we're not looking at everything this isn't the whole picture i think there's something like uh, what seven colors of visible light we see and then there's like 12 colors of light including the radiation and all that and that's i don't know I really am not a color expert, but I know there are colors we don't see. We don't see UV light. We know animals see it. So this is the stuff that, and to me, we are so similar to animals. If you are an alien and you came down here, you'd be like, Hey, you'll have four limbs, like a nose, a mouth. You're very similar creatures." We see us as massively different, but most as mammals, most animals on the planet, for whatever reason, we're all very similar. Even a fish has a mouth, has a butt. Like we're all, we're all pretty close And we all, and even fish could see more colors than we could see sometimes. I was just watching uh, some David Attenborough documentary and he's talking all about color, but that just kind of proves there's more undetectable things that we don't know about. And those are the, the colors, those are the undetectable things that we know about, but still can't detect. For all we know, we could be having this conversation. There could be a group of spirits, aliens, inner like whatever you want to call them a group of beings all around us that we can't communicate with maybe they could see us maybe not maybe they're just living their life but we don't know we're we're here and that's um one of the that brings you to one of the key things of yoga one of the main things you have to accept and i think it goes to hindu Method, like hindu ancient hindu culture but i'm not entirely sure i just know when i started practicing yoga and I started becoming a yoga teacher. Like one of the things on a spiritual journey that we have to accept is that we can't know everything we could, we never will. You just need to accept that you won't. And I think this is where some people hate it. They despise that you're saying, I won't know everything with science takes an approach of like, until we figure it out, I won't accept it. Spirituality in order to be on a spiritual path. And you know, there are just some things it's not like math where let's say you you see something you see someone's aura or you see a ghost around you and there's nowhere that you can look up for conclusive data on what you've just experienced it mm-hmm. it takes a leap of faith and that all comes into play because we're living in this it's a really complex place the universe maybe mm-hmm. I don't know anything about it i'm not nearly smart enough uh, maybe one day i'll know and that was at one point, I had a goal, like, learn everything, like, try to figure it out. And then I realized, just uh, try to figure out as much as you can is a better goal. Because there's a lot at play here. And it's when you, you realize, when you start pulling away the curtains, if you will, of what we've been told, even though we're told them, even if you know it's not true, eventually that sets in to a belief. And it's extremely hard to go against our own beliefs.
0: mm mm-hmm. I think that that was something that I was curious about with you, too, especially because you were talking about your um, your interest from before when you were younger about thinking about just the simple idea behind money. Right. And how money brings happiness. Mm -hmm. How can this fiscal 3d object this paper bring us this joy and that's something that was really real for you I experienced something very similar as a child where on my father's side of the family they were very invested in um having like finances they wanted you to be sustainable they wanted you to be self um you know work on your life be business oriented uh focus on this this and this like always goals 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 whereas I was more so like I am open. I don't care. I don't have any um, preconceived notions. I just want to enjoy my time. And I feel like- when you're thinking about spirituality, it's the same kind of thing. Um, There are certain belief systems when you're, especially in religion, uh, say you're gonna be a deacon, right? And you're working in the Catholic church and you're working towards your priesthood. Um, There are rules you have to follow. There are uh, scriptures you have to know, there are teachings, there are, um, there's uh, levels that you have to develop to get towards. Whereas when you're a Buddhist monk, there are teachings that you learn, but it's on your time. It's on your practice. It's on your meditation. You're working towards your goal. There's not so much as rules as there are guidelines. You know what I mean?
1: Right. It's kind of where I'm going to use a a more yoga analogy, but yeah, you could call some of the modern or some of the, yeah. And there are the modern religions are more cut and dry with, like x equals y get to here and then you go to there if you do this then you get but like buddhism is more it's got bus stops so it's like you know if you meditate every day for 15 minutes your life will be better you're gonna see some experience some some more results and then if you hike that up to 30 minutes then you're gonna see even more results and you know the more you could fit in the more it's gonna work for you that's why i call it like bus stops which i've heard for yoga like it's uh it's a practice for everyone. So if you're, you're a businessman and you have, let's say, or a businesswoman, you're a person who does business. And that's kind of a stupid thing to you. That doesn't even make sense, but I'm going to keep going. So you're this business person and you work 12 hours a day. Mm -hmm. You don't have time to do two hours of yoga, one hour of meditation a day, but you do have time maybe to fit in 10 minutes on the way to work or add in just a little breathing session, five minutes a day. That any Buddhist will say you're going the right way. And maybe if you're a devout Christian and you go to a Buddhist monk, they're going to tell you, bring Jesus with you into your meditation. If you have a strong connection with Jesus or whoever your deity, maybe it could be Krishna or Moses. I don't know. I am not very good at all the religions. I don't know much about them, but if you bring your religion into Buddhism, it's a more practical thing where other religions might, tell you kind of leave that at the door yeah you know they want theirs but at the same time I, most people i've met some all of the big scary writing and everyone's like christianity is so exclusive judaism well judaism is very exclusive we know but the people you encounter on a daily basis that claim to be these religions are usually very nice because uh, i know christians i used to be very against I I was just like, oh, that's weird. I can't believe anyone would believe that. But then...
0: Because you grew up The more and more I meet...
1: uh, Yeah, I grew up... Well, yeah. And I knew by the time I was 12 that I didn't believe in this system. And to me, it was the difference between a language. So the way that I was like learning it, I was like, this is the same God. It's pretty much the same rules. I was not raised to be kosher or anything. So I was eating the same food. Mm -hmm. I was in the schools with Christians. So I was just like, why don't you just send me to Christian school where I can understand the language that I'm not believing God in, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And I was very, very against it. Very against God as a whole. But yeah, people, you know, when you're different as a kid, people are not as nice to you. So it's kind of like why... Over such a, to me, it was like an arbitrary difference, the difference between Judaism and Christianity mm-hmm. to be like subject to being the different guy. And even looking back at it, like, cause I view them, and this will probably piss people off, but I view them very similar. I think if somebody came from the past, like let's say 5,000 years ago, if some Jewish guy back then comes to now, he's gonna look around and be like, we won. And then maybe a Christian will be like, hey, you didn't win, the Christians won. And he'll be like, who's your God though? Cause you know, it's the Jewish God that got turned into all these Judeo Christian Muslim religions. So they're very similar and none of them were doing it for me. And I was sick of learning in a different language, but yeah, that, so growing up, I pushed aside religion. And even today, like it's similar to politics. You only see the loudest people. You only see the extremes in, but when you're, when you're out in the world, you're not going to see, I mean, in my experience, of course, if you're in major cities you might see crazy people saying the devil is here like in little nicky and yelling that you're going to go to hell, but you don't know what religion they are to be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah. But yeah, I've met a lot of Christians that are just like, yeah, there's a lot of BS we know it happens, but we're just trying to follow the teachings of Jesus and as a Buddhist or a self-proclaimed person who enjoys practicing Buddhism, because I don't really identify with it fully. I don't, I don't want to identify with anything fully. Uh, yeah, Jesus had some pretty good teachings. I think he himself may have been a Buddhist, which if you look at what he was saying, where he went, his life, it's possible. But yeah, there's nothing that he, he said that was, could hurt anyone in any religion. It's more the stuff built around his life that has caused harm. But most, again, most people in practice of any religion are just very nice. That's that's why they pick that religion, because all the religions somewhere say, be nice to people, don't hurt others, you know, just be a good person. So I think most of everyone is a good person.
0: I like also especially just the idea behind talking about the politics behind it as well. I feel like religion and politics are one and the same. Um, I feel like they have very specific belief systems. I believe people are very passionate about them and they'll go to war for them and I feel like that's a very similar construct, whereas in, um, being a spiritual teacher, just being more so open to, I'm looking at your, you know, your energy, I'm looking at you, I'm looking at how are you doing? How is your health? What is your dietary? Um, how are you doing with your relationships? How are your energy bodies? Do you know what you're here for? Did you create purpose or did you just skied along in life? You know, I think that the idea behind spirituality is a much more open um, arms and helping hands with people it's almost like going to a doctor except there's no prescribed pills it's more so uh, a diagnosis of self looking at the different aspects of the different bodies. And I feel like that's why yoga was such a big deal because yoga is a compound of, okay, are you, what are your movements doing for your body? How is your uh, feeling? Do you feel like you're getting healthier? Um, I've seen people go from doing no yoga to doing yoga full time and their bodies look spectacular. They go from having very stiff, very um, hard issued bodies to very flexible, very fit, very beautiful uh, bodies. So that mindfulness is very important. And I feel like what you were talking about with someone who has a nine to five job or they're working, you know, 60 to 80 hours a week, they're not focusing on their best interest of health in all aspects. They're focusing on how can I survive to the next day?
1: Right. And that's where we're kind of it's we're in this situation and it's through a lack of evolution but exactly what you'd expect like scientifically speaking to bring it back to that like we're we're not we have not evolved to live this life like that we're this 9 to 5 i don't i'm not going to put it in, i'm like a not a smart person like i have these feelings but like i don't know i and i'm going to say it's been maybe 150 years probably less with electricity but like edison is not 20,000 years ago that you get the light bulb and you could stay awake and be at a 9 to 5 all day like this is new this is new to humans and you need years and I'm not a scientist I'm more of a spiritual person but I, any real science person will tell you I'm sure evolution does not happen over you know 1776 to now America it's, it's it takes a long time so we're that we are the same person that evolved with the purpose of go out, you know, hunt, get the meat you need, gather, get the, get the food you need, shelter. Everything's locked up. We're good. We're in a cave and we got the food, we got a shelter. And then i people probably just chilled. They checked out, maybe they told some stories and stuff, but there was not constant work and then constant focus. Their focus was not this, uh, I guess like magnetized, like we're forced to, bring our attention to things throughout the day we have when you're at work obviously you're focusing on stuff and then when you come home it's not like you just check out if you do if you get home and decompress meditate do yoga in any way work out, go to the gym like yeah like that's amazing because that's what that is you're getting rid of that stress you're kind of like wringing the sponge out of all those uh thoughts that in Buddhism, they call it like the nutriment. And it's not just what you eat. It's what you thought about. It's what you allowed yourself to watch. And we have too much going on right now. And yeah, that's where spirituality is kind of an older science. It's from a like Eastern spirituality is an older science. And it is a science. This isn't, this isn't just people guessing. This is uh, you know, trial and error. In most cases you said it in yoga. I mean, it's a I don't know who to, I think everyone believes in yoga. I'm sure I'll be proved wrong, but it's, you will become healthier by doing it. Even just 20 minutes a day, it's a physical activity. And physical activity is hundred percent effective. As much as you do, like you'll see the result. There's not a chance of it not working. That's one of the, one of the only things I know in this life that works is physical activity. It, it will yield results.
0: I wanted to talk about with you saying the mind is also quite important, what you think. Um, there is a gentleman by the name of Masaru Emoto, who was a Japanese businessman, and he was the author of the pseudoscientist acclaimed um, where human consciousness could affect the molecular stru- uh, structure of water. And being that humans are made of um, water, what you think is something that can be manifested through the molecules within your own body. His book was called called The Hidden Messages of Water. And the idea behind the experiment is that he would say for 90 days, I love you, I love you, I love you, to uh, either a frozen water or rice that was with water. And then he would say, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, to another of the exact same experiment, same ice, same water, same rice. And the one that had the the negative energy, the one that was spoken to in a negative way, was disgusting. It was deteriorated. It was black. It was ugly. Same time frame, same climate, same experiment. And the other was still nice looking, like it still was beautiful, or the molecules of the ice particles were like these beautiful structures instead of these very dense, destroyed structures. And the idea behind this experiment was that if you think something, what you're thinking gets manifested into the emotional body, then you feel it. So you start to feel what you're thinking. And then when you feel it, then all of a sudden you start to physically feel it in the body. Like you'll have it come up as sickness or illness or stress or anxiety. And if you think in a very positive way, your body would be nurtured, it would be nourished, it would be able to uh, process and have its own energy and sustainability. So that was one thing that I thought was a very interesting experiment. The other thing you were talking about with Thomas Edison's discovery of the light bulb, which is actually a falsehood, by the way, uh, that I have researched in a very, very, progressed time period. Um, When we're talking about Nikola Tesla and we're talking about the ancient Atlanteans, we've had electricity on this planet in many different timelines uh, for generations that we have not script onto our documents and historical nature. And when we talk about Tesla's experiment of the coil, which um, you would take the copper compounds and you would send these uh, currents into the copper and it could continually have a stride of electrical current. That was the first time that in a long time, because we've had it prior that we've had electricity be reestablished as a like a current. But in ancient Egyptian history, if you look up where um, during the fall of the empire in the second half of the Egyptian dynasty, they actually have these beautiful hieroglyphics that have literal looking like light bulbs, electricity that is carved into stone that's over 2000 years old. So we've had mm. timeframes in history where we've actually had electricity and we've had these jobs and these uh intentions that were similar to the nine to five that we have now i think the difference that's very fascinating is those are two different types of people i feel whereas on the one hand we have what you're talking about with the neanderthals and the cave people in ancient times i feel like anybody who's related to the neanderthals um, that history those human types they are parallel to the humans that were not uh, necessarily born born from the neanderthal time frames and i feel like now the consciousness is even more obvious you could tell that people are like i don't know who i am i don't know what right
1: I well there's also a gap too in like from start of uh let's see just to make it sound easier right before the ice age the last ice age i think it's called the younger Dryas, but i'm not positive but the last era that's, I, I believe that we did have like a, a spacefaring, seafaring group of people. Mm-hmm. I think that they left, this is what I think about the pyramids and all, this is a personal belief, by the way. I have come to this through mainly Graham Hancock reading <laughs> from his books, but also just, uh, I actually believe, and from what I know about space and math, and what I believe is that we had people that they left the earth knowing that an ice age was happening because i think 20 30,000 years ago before the ice age we had people that were more advanced than us a little bit more advanced than us and or maybe a lot more advanced than us maybe around the same but anyway they could get around and they had the reason they knew they needed to leave the planet so i think that they are still living on some station maybe looking on an asteroid or something that comes only very so often they're moving very quickly so even though it's been twenty thousand plus years for us for them maybe it's only been a few lifetimes who knows how fast they're moving but i think that would make sense with aliens are visiting us and giving us buildings like you know egypt the pyramids maybe they helped us build just throughout time and there's a lot of things that you could see a lot of alien believers will see like how could we have built this maybe the aliens were us and they only come when they have a window so if you know about like kind of the theory of relativity and anything like what Einstein was saying is the faster you move, the slower time moves for you. So if they're on a huge, like ellipse, maybe every few thousand years for us, they have an opportunity to shoot out, come back. And the last time they were with us, who knows a thousand years ago, 1500 years ago. Now the problem is maybe now they've came to the point where they're with us and they're here to help. And they're like, they've reached a class, whatever society and now they they we have the internet so they can't just show themselves to us anymore it can't be like the past and i think all of our gods all of this stuff it all comes from people from a past era and that's what that's my belief is that it's a high tech because if you look there's there's all these religions with all the egyptian one and they all have like this osiris character that's the most prominent that comes and basically is saying i'm from another time he doesn't outright to every saying like i am telling you guys this is the way to live don't eat each other don't steal don't kill they have it in countless religions across the world this is what graham hancock puts a lot of focus into he did a better job than i ever could so just look him up if you're interested and then gets this god character gets betrayed by the people put him in a coffin they put him in the water and he shoots across the water somehow it, it every story involves him spreading peace getting betrayed put into water shooting across the water and it's over thousands of years the only thing that I see is every few thousand years they these people come from space and they give us a story or aliens you know but sorry that was like a little bit of a tangent no uh, it's yeah, it's, uh,
0: <laughs> it's on board for sure and that's kind of what I wanted to get to with talking about this because I feel like with your, you were asking me earlier about like how I was getting into spirituality and a lot of it stemmed from this research, especially since my my favorite study that I could remember was Egyptology. And I was so obsessed with learning about the gods, the deities and the teaching that I came across magic because magic was a big deal in Egypt. Magic with a K. With a K. And I learned that um, there were other cultures, especially if you look into um, the the Haitian religion, and then you also look into voodoo as well. So voodoo is really big in in Africa during the times before we actually had any slavery movement in France and in Spain. During uh, the transition of the next age, uh, after the Renaissance, we actually had Crusaders that invaded Africa and picked up uh, these people that were a part of the tribes that had studied their ancient voodoo techniques, and they took those people to Spain, mostly into France to have as uh, slaves. During, I believe it was during the 1500s, but don't quote me. I'm sure that there's more specifics I can look up later. And I remember learning about these different cultures and that magic because I wanted to understand how it was possible to have any connection to the trees or to the, the voices of the wind or to, you know, the native cultures, a lot of them had talked about the star people, which were to them, you know, the star people came from the stars. So aliens, but a very nice way of saying it. And I feel like everything was all interconnected because the the natives talked about their medicine and their where they learned their medicine was from the star people the egyptians talked about their magic techniques and they said that they learned it from the people who came among the stars that traveled in in the ships Um, the ancient greeks they talked about their ancient magic and how they didn't even like using it they were more obsessed with winemaking that was their their type of magic and they were taught that by the people who came from the sky the gods that taught them how to make wine you know what i mean
1: yeah, so I, I don't no, know. it's, it's like, that's, and that's funny. Cause that's when I started researching, it was from the lens of, you know, I was totally void of belief on a God or any sort of higher power and reading all this stuff and just being like, cause when you're shown the Bible and it's affiliates, whatever the Torah or the Quran, it's pretty easy to be like, yeah, that's not true. And like, you're, you know, It's very, a lot of the stuff is like, what are you talking about? But then when you kind of take the core ideas of that and start referencing it to all these other religions, and you see all these other religions that it's like, okay, that's where those beliefs came from, but it's so much more expansive. And even like studying Judaism, I know Christians, which the Western world has been sort of burst your bubble, but the Western world is the Catholic world. That's what happened. It's the Catholic started this whole, the Christian Catholic started this whole Western world. That's the way we think that's how we are born to kind of see the world is through that lens of the Judeo-Christian, like we're here, this is for us, but that, you know, where was I even? Yeah, that's a that's a pretty fantastical story filled with a lot of stuff, a lot of good, a lot of not so good, a lot of just kind of interpretation. But like you said, when you start studying all these different people from thousands of years ago and how like just for example, um, there's multiple Latin American Religions and cultures, not and not just like Mayan, like little ones too, but even the principal like Mayan, the Aztecs. They have when they died, they believed they would be shot up to the Milky Way, and they would face challenges. And the challenges are like a, a bird, and then a this and. But then, if you look at like Polynesia, seven thousand years ago or something, like thousands of years, a planet divided you see these same go to the middle of egypt go to the milky way fight these things first a hawk on someone else's it's an eagle like the comparisons are just i got to the point where i'm like i there's too many people saying that this is true for now it's more like more spiritual people saying it than people saying it's not true which is not the world we come from where we're basically told if you're going to be spiritual believe in this god jesus whatever jewish god same god but you know what i mean like so but it is even even now talking about this stuff what just for instance it was mother's day uh, a couple days ago happy mother's day to anyone listening late and i was telling my family how i believe in rebirth i truly believe that your soul it's not just a one-time thing in this plane and it's not just this plane that we come back into And they think I am absolutely crazy. But if I told them, you know, some of the stuff that's a little less than logical from the Bible, they'd be like, well, it's an acceptable crazy. And that's why where I come into play, where I say like, I may be crazy, but I came here by logic, where the people in control of society today, and I do believe we are being controlled, sorry. (laughs) The people that are joined, they came to their craziness by means of gaining control. They didn't use logic. They just said, what can we say to control? And when you look at any religion or any belief, you can look at it and look at it. This is where you get the, the journalist. in mean, look at it through your journalistic lens and say, is this for control or is this for spirituality? You know what I mean? Because a lot of stuff you could see clear as that, and it's not just. I'm not saying the Eastern world is, you know, not to blame. Like if you read any ancient Hindu text about one quarter of it is, and this is a, an approximate, but like a quarter of it is going to be like really great information. Three quarters is just going to be like what you should do if you're born this way and why your life is bad, but it's okay. And how women just have no rights. Like that's, but that is what most religions boil down to. It's like a, you get like a nugget of, legit good way to live your life that's just profoundly overshadowed by control and how to control our life and specifically how to control our women. So I guess I'm going to say weird trend, but it's not so weird if you think about it. It's probably the first thing that men started doing, you know?
0: I feel like that's something that's also very interesting that I'm noticing with a lot of people who are waking up too. there's a lot of women that are saying, you know, this is, this is the time for coming back. There were a lot of uh, women leaders in ancient times that got shot down, especially in the, in the Haitian religion and anything that has to do with uh, voodoo, their, their women were the ones that were in charge of the war they were in charge of the crop they were in charge of business they were in charge of household and when you come to more of the the ages transitioning into where we're at now um for some reason like exactly what you're saying about that control thing it's like all of a sudden how can we gear this towards control even like propaganda when it comes to um purchasing food or drink or um clothing or makeup, it's all geared towards what are the weaknesses, what are things that we're selling to these people to make them better. And I feel like that's with politics and religion as well. What all can right. we sell to the, the audience that we can get them on board with what we believe? So that's why with having you as um, doing this with me and talking is the curious nature is that you grew up in a household that was geared towards a control of nature in your family belief and you've actually grown into a different mindset, you express that mindset, and you're curious about what else there is for you to learn past what there is right here, right now, right with your family and what you've grown up with. That to me is outstanding. And I'm sure that that's also relatable to those who are waking up in a sense as well, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Like for people that are just just listening, just getting here, like, welcome to the party. It's nice here. Mm. And there's, you know, there's drinks for everyone. If you just got here, if you've been here a while, but it, it, it's like that kind of feeling, you know, like when you wake up because, and let me just preface uh, this by saying, waking up and being woke, not the same in my, this is not what I'm talking about. Like, if you want to be woke, good for you, but waking up is different <laughs> in Why the context that? that I'm using it
0: you want to elaborate what that means to you so that they can get it so
1: being woke is more of a political position that is and this is all my opinion but being woke seems to be just the position on agreeing with uh the the left the democrats right now where waking up is more kind of having a moment or a like a snowball effect of moments where you kind of look around and realize, oh shit, like that's what's really going on. So it has nothing to do with each other. You, you could be both. You probably wouldn't claim to be woke once you're awake, though, because you kind of see like it doesn't really matter. It's all just like a big, they're like showing this in front of us. And that even leads like, because it kind of goes into politics, that kind of leads to where. If you look around, you could see the reason we have—I'll call it—rampant uh, Judeo-Christian-Muslim religions on mm-hmm. the West is because we use capitalism, mm-hmm. which inspires competition based on wealth. Mm-hmm. So, if you had a bunch of Buddhists going in there, like if everybody thought, "Hey," and we're just like, "Well, I don't need much more. I could just be happy with what I have," you know, the system doesn't really work where you see in socialism and communism, they are fine with everyone being a Buddhist. Like this is the, it's not the government that I'm saying is the people in charge, but the it's more advertising commercial people, the people with the money in the U S know that they stand to lose a lot by Buddhism coming in. They used to kill Buddhists during the Vietnam war. Just they knew they were monks. They just thought they were communists. It was a threat to the U S but yeah, they don't want, Uh, a huge buddhist community growing in the u.s or the western world anywhere where capitalism is they don't mind In communist and socialist countries because the idea of individuality is already out the window there is no freedom they can't get out so they're already you know they're already there but um yeah if you're a person that's sitting oh buddhism is communism or socialism just know it's not that it's actually governing yourself so it truly if we had more like we could never you wouldn't need a governor the different the reason communism socialism democracy right now the problems with these establishments aren't the actual establishments themselves it's the people in charge so when you because a lot of times you hear people oh that's communism buddhism it's communism and at a certain to an extent it is but the problem with communism isn't communism it's corrupt leaders just like the problem with socialism isn't the stuff on paper it's corrupt leaders Just like democracy, the problem with a democracy isn't the laws of democracy, it's having corrupt leaders. But, and this is a political view, and you know, like, you could take any political system right now. It's, doesn't matter if you're socialist, if you're communist, if you're Democrat, if you're Democratic Republic, if you have corrupt leaders, it's gonna end up pretty similar. It's always gonna be, they're gonna be above us and we're gonna be down here working for them. But I think
0: that um, the systems that have to do with government, too, they go in cycles, because what we are yeah. talking about is that they start, maybe they start as a democratic union, and then they transition into a, a republic, and then the republic turns into a social construction, and then that social construction moves into a um, community or commune. commune. And I think that the cycles continue, they go, they go, they go. But the idea behind it, which is why I enjoy what you're talking about with Buddhism, is that um, the governing of self is also that self-awareness. Who are you? What do you represent? What can you embody as a soul? And where does that stand for you? I think that that's more important with what I'm talking about in spirituality because in spirituality at least you can understand what developments you need for yourself and those around you instead of a, a taking from somebody else or caring only for you in the situation like a kind of like I was thinking about the Titanic analogy where it, when Titanic was going down you know only women and children could get in the boats right it was first first come first serve whoever could get there uh usually it was based off of class i heard that the people who are more rich uh were able to get boats faster or whatever I right doesn't matter
1: but a, a rich man would get on the boat before a poor woman though in that time you would right. think right? right like they'd be like women before I, you know what i'm saying like so <laughs>
0: so that's like quite- a the boats, I think, the, the taking the boats and, and um, every man for themselves. If somebody was drowning in the water, would you save that person? Would you bring them on the boat with you and, and save them? Or would you just take care of yourself? You know?
1: Right. I think most people in a natural world would help the other person. Most people being born and raised in a capitalism world not that capitalism is inherently bad but the way that we do it a lot of times where it's us against them like we're kind of and it it kind of goes it's counterintuitive to the what we were talking about before what were we talking about before yeah like going to save someone else put them above your own self i think in a natural world most people would they would knowingly do it but we oh we're so into like the permanence and people would jump before they would jump out of the boat. They would be thinking about all their possessions, everything they own, everything they have to do. And that would stop them from doing it because they're not living in the moment. But living in the moment, you would know this person's in danger. I have to help them. I think that's a natural reaction. But I think with all the, you know, everything we're shown and influenced from, from birth until death is basically telling us uh, that we're a permanent creature and that was i what we were talking about i even was thinking that's our first uh, our first curse in this world is a is a name and i've talked to friends about this they all just said i was crazy they didn't even remotely know where i was heading with it but when we're given a name we're then given a, a stamp of permanence that you can compile all these things about this name and i was like imagine if you could just not ever have a call sign for yourself there would be no mike is this he's to that i need to get more of this it's just if you and that's the idea of like that's the idea of what we're trying to get to and if you're in that moment of just living truly in the moment i think yeah you do you do jump you do save the person you save yourself you put yourself at risk to save others but in the titanic situation nowadays i think it would be quite grim because everybody is you have a device in your pocket that shows you everything you're worth, everything you have, like connection to all of your stuff. I don't know, it's, uh, it wouldn't be a good time for that. <laughs>
0: I feel like that's the biggest part that I am very passionate about with connecting with people. I think there's more than what we may think. You know, I think there are people that we were talking about the woke versus the awake, you know, the people who are awake. I think that the people who are awake would not only take care of themselves in the situation, but they would lend a hand to those who could not help themselves. And I think that that's way more important than putting anybody above you or below you. You are not only taking care of yourself but you are taking care of those around you as well and absolutely that to me is where spirituality is where we're going that's that's right well and that's level.
1: where i don't know if i pronounce his name right but t not han and he's a zen buddhist monk from vietnam he's like 94 or 95 and his his whole that's like his whole thing is like seeing yourself and other people And I think that's like a big thing in Zen Buddhism is like, if you could see yourself in someone else, that's when you can go and be ready and willing and capable. Like if you're capable, you should be ready and willing to help out. But that's where it is time. The people that are waking up and there's a huge, I'm one of them, but I am by no means on the earlier side of this awakening, if you will. I came at the right, at the same time as everyone else. And I think we're waking up in that, last jump into the age of Aquarius that's like just finishing now and people are starting to realize, but I don't think it's all celestial. It's also just the amount of information we have and access to, because yes, it's, we have access to all this bad stuff going around, but we also have so much access to information that it's good that people are capable of connecting. And that's, that's the big thing is we need to all kind of figure out a way to connect on a meaningful level without these little groups that are, Oh, we're a group that's against this and against that kind of more, you want to be connecting in person on what brings you together. And just like you said, like the spirituality thing, the more you learn about spirituality, the more you want to be compassionate, the more you start having these feelings of compassion. It's, it's like, I've, I've even experienced since I started meditating, I'm, I can't watch, like, like a, if somebody's just going to go and, like, even just kill, like, a bug or something, I, like, wince a little bit. And seeing roadkill is, like, horrifying to me since I started doing yoga and meditating. And it's nothing because I've realized that some of the things that we are just desensitized with on TV, I can't, I can't even watch TV regularly anymore. The shows that I used to watch are too violent. I'm not interested in all these fighting shows and everything i used to be into ufc but not so much anymore because i can't um i don't want to watch that stuff anymore and i think it has direct correlation to when you start getting to know yourself as uh the more and more you meditate uh you start getting to know yourself the more you get to know yourself the more you realize how similar you are to everyone else which is kind of counterintuitive like the more you get to know something the more you realize it's not what you thought it was and that's the more i see like the people I used to make fun of, the people I used to be jealous of, like they're all, there's no diff, there's very little difference, mm-hmm. very little, you know? So that's, uh, it's really bringing us together. And I think, I think that's the importance of, and me and you are a perfect example. We are people who in 10 years ago would have probably never talked to each other, mm-hmm. but the things, the self-study and the, the dedication, we both have this commitment To learning about ourselves and why we are this way i'm sure you have it i know like we have a commitment a dedication to learning why do i feel this way why do i think this way if you're a person that finds yourself thinking this why am i feeling this way why do i think this how can i change this you should start looking into some alternative facts not maybe not alternative facts but alternative stories look into eastern because in the western world we are we're more raised to just go on our emotions it's like a good thing mm-hmm. but it's not it's not necessarily a good thing to just go by your emotions
0: the biggest thing that you're talking about too is something called the awakening of the new personality it says when mental awakenings are consistent and go deep enough over a period of time that they result in the development of a new personality This type of transformation and ascension involves cutting away and moving past old limiting and toxic patterns and developing qualities such as self-acceptance, empowerment, and understanding. That's what I feel like is very... um, interesting everything we're talking about is are you the same person? have you made some major life enhancing positive shifts? Um, if you think you've changed in a good way you've likely experienced a personality awakening something that mm-hmm. is a, a next level of this research and I that's my big thing with anybody if you see we're talking about the virus if we're talking about politics or if we're talking about religion, are you doing your own research do your research make your own decisions. And think about it for yourself before you listen to what other people are telling you, especially me. Like I could be telling you all this as well, but make your own decisions and your own beliefs.
1: Yeah. what well, exactly. Like I, this is not like, I'm not a, I haven't researched all the stuff I'm talking about. I'm telling you what I feel and you know, I'm not like, if you're going to go out and make big decisions politically, like if you're going to decide who you're going to vote, for or something based on what I'm saying you're making a mistake do your own research like I do my own research not that much though like you shouldn't trust everything I say but please take everything I say with a grain of salt go and look into it say if I'm right or wrong but definitely try this stuff out and uh some stuff I guarantee you I am correct about like the meditation thing the yoga like these things will make your life better but yeah, you should know, You should always, you know, that's a, and that's a big problem today is people aren't doing the work themselves. They're relying on other people. That's not good. Like we should never be, if you can't, cause we have too many sources of information now and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even stay politically up to date because it's just impossible. Like anything that if I, I look at a story or something and if I can say like, will this help me? little Herbie doesn't affect me and if it won't help me i just throw it away Mm -hmm. but yeah like it's the stuff like the spirituality stuff is kind of more it's more helpful for everyone and there's more of a it doesn't really matter if you believe it or not when you start studying it for yourself you'll make your own decision Mm -hmm. you know
0: yeah so thank you so much for sitting here with me, Mike. There's so many topics that we could continue yes, forward yeah. and talk. Yeah, sorry. Uh, we got okay. a little,
1: I got a little uh, caught up. I got to kind of talk, uh, rambled a little bit, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, we got a lot if- to get through.
0: If you guys have any specific topics after this post comes out, you're welcome to um, message me and ask about different topics. Um, The next episode, we're gonna be more focused on our levels of understanding when it comes to who we are as people and we'll get into that more in the next episode i will definitely have mike coming back on with me i'm not sure if my miss beautiful june is going to be uh joining us on the next podcast she said that she was interested but if not i will let you guys know and you will see what pops up in any case thank you so much mike for being on and um i will repost your link on your social media so people can check you out and we will continue our conversation later.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I love you all. And remember, make your own opinions. Definitely don't listen to me.
0: (laughs) You can listen to him too. But yes, make your own opinions. Thank you guys. This has been Kiara Spirituality.